0: Good morning and welcome in to the blitz live here on fan run radio live in the white claw hard seltzer studios charlie collier sam beard here with you for the next couple of hours it's finally friday baby friday wrapping up the week wrapping up the work morning for you whether we're getting you to your lunch break or getting you to the halfway point of your day where you can dip out of there and, and call it a day, we're here with you for the next two hours. March 3rd, it's three three two three. Final weekend of the regular season, college basketball this weekend also coincides with three. Yes, three conference championship games this weekend. We get our first three bids punched. Uh, a huge, huge weekend in sports. Uh, big show coming the day. A lot to get into. Sam, how are you today?
1: I'm doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Um, yeah, can't complain.
0: Anything to report? Anything? Didn't have a whole lot.
1: No, didn't have a whole lot to do yesterday. Um, I'm gonna try and play some golf today if this rain is not gonna end up happening.
0: You might be able to drive like a par five today.
1: Yeah, it's very windy. But also, like, I may be able to like hit a driver off a par three.
0: You might, yeah, you might also have to take a five iron from 150 out. So
1: yeah. um,
0: Severe extreme wind advisory today.
1: Yeah, some of my buddies texted texted uh, me and one of my roommates, and they were like, "Y'all want to play golf on Friday?" And we're like, "Sure." Weather was nice at the time, and then yesterday we look and there's like a tornado warning. Basically,
0: it's going to be um uh, twenty five to sixty mile
1: an hour winds. Apparently, kind of windy. But I guess I'm signing up to play in the Open Championship today.
0: <laughs> I uh <clears throat> I haven't golfed in, in a couple months. I'm I'm upset with my. I haven't even swung a club in, in probably two and a half since months. Arizona. And yeah, I feel pretty bad about it like i i I really need to get out there and get to work
1: there have been some good days to do it too
0: well i accidentally my clubs were in franklin for a little bit oh
1: yeah i remember Uh, but i
0: I did get them back a couple of weekends ago i just haven't had the time since because postseason high school basketball has kept me so busy they've
1: been surging
0: their season is over now so uh my schedule just really freed up until i start doing some like freelance baseball play-by-play i really don't have as nearly as much like my my free time has doubled now at least it's it's very strange it's golf season then i'm actually gonna have time to like yeah go do stuff yeah for the time being um
1: or watch the mid-major conference championships
0: yeah well that comes first
1: <laughs> that's number one priority
0: that's number one priority yeah. but like i don't know by by the time we get to the sweet 16 Elite eight i'll be able to do other things besides basketball that's huge but like even even the opening week like when I'll get back from Vegas on Monday and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday like or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday like that's to build up to the Thursday, Friday, Saturday Sunday that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm the least productive human being on the planet unless you want me specifically to produce things about marsh Madness.
1: that no that's completely fair I mean your eye, you're completely locked into your to what's in sight you know what's in the future here.
0: Yeah, the only the only productive thing I do is is run a bracket pool. Yeah, that actually, I've gotten way like too far into it over my head now, and I can't stop. But it's really gotten like it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, and it it's, is. It's, it's thankless work too, and everyone just makes fun of me. It just no one no one is appreciative.
1: You don't get the love you deserve now.
0: Because you have to. People so the the biggest problem with my Marsh Madness pool every year is that I send out mass texts. Yep, you do. And I don't send them out. I like I at least I still take the effort to click on each individual person and send it. Like I think that that alone is is worth something. I don't just send it at mass email, mass text, but I just have the same copy and paste message, and everyone's just like, oh, oh, look, another copy and paste message. Oh, let me copy and paste it around. Oh, ha ha, you're so funny. Like, oh. What a loser. He's running a bracket pool, but every year I run a bracket pool that has like 2000 plus dollars as a pot.
1: Yeah, I hope I win it this year. And
0: I put in so much effort organizing it, tracking how everyone, like everyone's payment, entries, referrals, and it, it, they just make fun of me, man. And I don't take a dollar. Where else are you going to find a bracket pool with a pot of 2000 plus? Where not only does the guy that runs it not even keep one singular dollar, but he pays for his own injury. Just saying.
1: Not many out there.
0: Not many out there. I just do it for the love of the game. That's just how much I love March Madness. But, uh, man, doing good here on this Friday. Doing great here on this Friday. I did. My Friday has started pretty interestingly. I went to Smoothie King for my – I don't know. I just like to get a smoothie on Friday sometimes. Mm-hmm. Get a nice little – strawberry hulk i i throw in a scoop of peanut butter it's great i get a small because a small at smoothie king is still just like a big smoothie you should get a medium at least i, I mean i don't know Medium's kind of medium you get into like the nine dollar range ten dollar range though i don't want to pay that much for a smoothie no way it's for like seven hulk, bucks for a hulk with a scoop of peanut butter a 32 ounce which is a medium is is 985 or something like that
1: that can't be right that just can't be right.
0: It is, I promise. Inflation, man. Thanks, Sleepy Joe, making our smoothie prices go up. Open up the pipeline. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually do politics. Only joke, but uh, I got a small. They gave me a large. She, That's a uh, I, yeah, I pulled up to the window. She, just, she looks at me, just a nice, sweet greeting. Just, hey, I accidentally made a large, so. Here you go. Have a great day. Can't imagine a better way to start a Friday. I I mean, that has to be a sign of good things to come. I would think. The only thing is, this large smoothie is quite possibly the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's like forty ounces. It's aggressive. You can get that down. I mean, I'm not going to need lunch. Sure. Sure Like there's, there's not a chance I drink. I, I eat lunch. Like, sometimes I don't even eat lunch after I drink a small during the show.
1: I drink one of those, like, a day, honestly. Like, I'll I'll, I'll make a 40-ounce smoothie.
0: You drink a 40-ounce smoothie a day? Probably. Like, do you make them? Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes more sense.
1: No, I'm not, like, going out and buying a 40-ounce smoothie it's Like, a what day. is your smoothie budget, sir? No, 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 no.
0: <laughs> I feel like that's also different though Cause what at home uh, You go what Ice A couple of mixed frozen berries Dash of OJ
1: I do milk instead of OJ
0: Milk Yeah Okay so that's still like a little heavier But I don't know Like this is specifically The one that has like The different proteins And the, I think it has like scruple, A scoop of like that protein ice cream in it And it has like peanut butter And This is a This is a heavy guy
1: Protein ice cream that sounds good.
0: Just took a big sip. It's thick.
1: Sounds thick, honestly. It is.
0: It is thick. Like I, I think you need, need that. to
1: sub out the protein ice cream for just maybe the protein powder because that's probably what's making it so thick.
0: I like. I need to. Uh, I don't know. I need that that video. Of that guy I'm thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Like that is. It is. Yeah. It is real yeah. thick. Um, good Friday though. It was a good. Good Thursday of hoops, man, A great Thursday of hoops. You had tragedy last night in the horizon. Man. I knew the over, first of all, I knew the over was just a terrible bet. Like I would have bet yeah, the not- un- I would have bet the under in, in any normal circumstances. But when you have Antoine Davis chasing a record in Youngstown State being a great offensive team, why look, not? I don't make the rules. Even if it's a bad bet, you just gotta take the over there. So the over didn't hit. Um Sadly, Antoine Davis didn't break Pistol Pete's, Merovich's record either. Nope. That was... It was three-point shot. I, I've seen a lot of... I think a lot of people were rooting for Pete to really? keep it. I was rooting hard for Antoine Davis. Yeah, I was... A, a guy that... You know, sure, you can knock him at times for, I guess, his... His... What? His inefficiency? Not always the most efficient player. Also, not really on a good team. No. And he's been the best player on that team for a long time. He gets double-teamed routinely. And, you know, there comes point in times in games where they're like, hey, you just need to to force some shots through these double-teams because we need points. So, like, he's not put in a great situation to be efficient either, but um, he got double-teamed a lot early. Did not score for the first five and a half minutes. It was every single possession, but – uh, while he was getting double-teamed, Detroit Mercy was able to score some points and keep up with the Penguins. It was a back-and-forth game all day. He finished three points shy of tying the record, four shy of breaking it. And he had a three at the buzzer that hit the back of the rim. Mm-hmm.
1: He I had like five it. shots in the last minute and a half.
0: I really wanted him Tough to do Tough shots, it. though. I mean, from, from from everything you read about Antoine Davis, he seems like a really – really nice guy like uh, an easy guy to root for he's even even after the game he said man that was just special um he said I had the opportunity to play for my dad I was a couple points short of an NCAA record God knows what he's doing um really wanted him to get it there's still a little bit of hope why is that while Detroit Mercy might be 14 and 19 so they won't go to the NIT the CBI could be an option. Okay. College basketball invitational. Okay. Um, Coach Davis, Coach Mike Davis, has already said they're on board.
1: Break the record.
0: CBI. You think that's the only reason why they want it. to play in the CBI? Yeah, that's that's the only reason the CBI would invite a 14 and 16 team. Yeah. Which, I don't know, that feels a little like Brett Favre falling down for, for Strahan. Mm hmm. Honestly, it feels a little bit like that. I don't love that 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 they might do that, but at the same time, you won't hear about that in the in the history books. Once this is also probably the last chance anyone will have to break Pete Maravich's record
1: ever. I mean, it took
0: because it took a super senior averaging twenty four plus points a game for five years to come up three points short.
1: Yeah, people people don't even. I don't understand
0: how how Pete did it.
1: Players don't stay around for four years now, anyway. So like, you're just not even getting a shot at this. And then you get the super senior, like you're saying, and then you get a guy who's averaging 20 a game for five years.
0: The only problem, I think there's some concerns about APR uh, keeping them out of the CBI. They were ineligible, actually, Detroit Mercy was, for the NCAA tournament and withheld from the Horizon League tournament two years ago because of their APR, their academic...
1: Progress rating. (laughs)
0: unbelievable that you knew what the pnr stood for. Mhm. I've always I don't think I've ever known. I was just going to call it academic and then whatever pnr stands for. <laughs> academic performance rating. Wow. I guess that makes a lot of sense. But uh man, if if they got their grades up and he got one more game,
1: you're telling me that we're like two missed study halls away from an ncaa record and we're not Yeah, gonna I mean get like, it we're done?
0: we're like like the sixth man off the bench like getting a C instead of a D away from Antoine Davis would have broken the record in the regular season this year. Yeah. Which makes it even more disappointing. You have to pay to be in the CBI. Which would be even funnier, a 14 and 16 team paying some money. So How Antoine many teams are in the record? CBI? I don't really know. It's just kind of crazy. I bet on the CBI every year. I don't really know what happens in it. I don't really know if anyone celebrates the CBI. It's It's weird. Doesn't seem like something we need.
1: Having to pay for a tournament seems extremely counterproductive. It just doesn't really seem like. I don't know. Don't make. Don't don't put it in the same light as the NCAA tournament and even the NIT. Even the NIT's got like a tiny yeah. bit of glamour to it. The CBI is just well, like... yeah. They they got you trying Square to play Garden. another basketball game. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I've never really understood the CBI uh, A lot of good basketball last night though Illinois and Michigan went into an instant classic mm-hmm. Double overtime last night A couple of comebacks you know, featured by either side uh, To get there Hunter Dickinson mm. Unbelievable 31 points Another guy I don't like 16 rebounds And yeah I also strongly dislike him Because he's tried to be a heel this year mm-hmm. But he's done a bad job of yeah. it Yeah, he's like
1: trying to be a villain Like he really, is, is really really wants to be the villain A good villain doesn't try to be the villain They just
0: they, You know, he, he's called Wisconsin scumbags On like a podcast He wore a ski mask to a road game Because they were going to steal a victory And then he lost They've talked all year long He's just run his mouth all year long just to be 17-13 and and on the wrong side of the bubble. So I don't really like Hunter Dickinson either, even if he is an unbelievable basketball player. But um, Illinois last night escaping in double OT, 91-87, puts Michigan in a tough spot. Mm -hmm. You know, they were a team that's made a late push to get into tournament contention. You know, even with this past weekend, um... That game against, sorry, that game against uh, Wisconsin, where where Dickinson forced OT at the buzzer and then they got the win. You know, it really felt like, oh, here comes Michigan again. They're gonna make another push, and just not quite there. Uh, still, just gonna be on the outside, looking in. It appears. Still got. In a Big Ten tournament, you know, they still have a game at Indiana Sunday. You know, if you go on the road and win at Indiana, win two more in the Big Ten tournament, honestly I think Michigan at that point would get in. But, yeah, maybe. Uh, they just made it a lot more difficult. That was a great game. Um, you had Wisconsin another bubble team. Wisconsin almost off Purdue. Yeah, you had Wisconsin almost knock off Purdue. You had another bubble team in Rutgers. Uh, they are in free fall right now. Still projected in like the 10 seed range, but now a loss to Minnesota at the buzzer, and everything is going wrong for Rutgers. They're getting dangerously close to the, bu- to the bubble. Like, I haven't seen any of the latest updates this morning. They haven't come out yet, but I think that that loss could have even pushed them back into like the last four in range. Mm. They just
1: Minnesota's not a good loss. Minnesota at all. was 1 16
0: in conference. Great for Minnesota. Happy for them that they went and got a you know a big win like that in their last home game. Something to celebrate. But they're yeah, they're a bad team. Uh, other fun hoop stuff from last night. Did you see the fight with SIU Edwardsville and UT Martin? I didn't. Uh, at mid court, an SIU Edwardsville player just grabbed they. they it was two post players. They had been going at it a little bit for positioning, the last possession, and then coming up the floor, the UT Martin player had his hands up in the air. You know how bigs run with their hands up in the air down the court sometimes and, and kind of it's like a screen, but it's not a screen. Mm-hmm. And He was doing that and just kind of really up in the face of the guy that he just bodied on the off, on the other end of the floor. That guy from SIU Edwardsville that was, had the, you know, the, the UT Martin player kind of sort kind of sorta in his face just grabbed him. And threw, like, a full-on UFC, like, John Jones right hook. Wow. wow. Just drilled him right in the face, like, as hard as possible and connected fully. And then another punch was thrown. Did the
1: guy just eat it?
0: He ate it a little bit. He then ran after the guy that punched him. <laughs> and it took, not even kidding, like, seven people to wow. subdue him. There were three ejections and then U T Martin ended up closing the game on a seventeen to one run and coming back to beat SIUE, which
1: I think we need this. Shout out to in, me in who have, have an like SIUE
0: minus one and a half. Yeah. You also had old Dominion in the in the the sunbelt that had knocked off the top two teams, Marshall and Southern Miss the final two weeks of the year. Had gotten all their players back from a, a team that was supposed to be really good. It was my favorite bet of the day. It was a three-unit play for me yesterday, Old Dominion minus three and a half. You know what they did to me? What's that? They scored 35 points in the entire game mm. and got whipped. Mm. Whipped around the floor by, by a, a much lower-rated seed. So that was crushing. Uh, but a lot of fun hoops last night. Even more fun hoops coming up. This weekend, also got rough and rowdy. This weekend, Morgan Wallen dropped a concert, or I mean, an album last night. Yeah, songs. I'll get to it eventually.
1: I don't know if I'm not as big of a Morgan Wallen guy
0: anymore. I I mean, I just think now he makes a lot of songs that are like radio hits. Yep. But like in a 36 song album, he's also probably going to sneak six to eight in there that are really pretty good. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of, I'll eventually find those. I'm not in any hurry. Yeah, I also just I
1: I just dislike. Albums that are that long
0: I do too It pisses me off a little bit It's just not I like having that much music But hey dog Just like
1: Release three 12 song albums yeah. Over a span of like five months That's way better
0: I would love that I don't need a 36 song album Give mm-hmm. me 12 12 and 12 Cause he's had these songs long enough To oh, yeah. have done this over the course of a year To have 12 12 and 12 Surely I don't know Anyway uh, You watching Rough and Rowdy tonight?
1: Yeah Yeah you got plans? Not really.
0: If I buy it, you want to come?
1: Yeah, I might, honestly. All right, so. Who's who's fighting? Who's the main fight? Bobby uh, Lang? I don't
0: know. I got Big Booty Daddy back in it.
1: Really? Yeah. I don't like him that much. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, I think they've tried to set him up to just get, like, slaughtered.
1: He fought uh, Bobby Lang, didn't he? He got he did. destroyed.
0: I'm pumped for Rough and Rowdy, though.
1: Always a good time, man. So now, uh, you've Especially when to it's in West Virginia.
0: Virginia. You've committed to it now. You're in.
1: West Virginia, rough Forgetting and rowdy. I'm buying rough and rowdy. Are and just and you're a, coming over. Unbelievable. Can't change
0: your mind. Sorry, you're locked in. <laughs> pizza and pizza and fighting.
1: Pizza and fights, huh?
0: Yeah, pizza and fights tonight. See you there.
1: I might be in, honestly.
0: Yeah. No, you are.
1: I'm at least watching fights. I don't know if I'm eating pizza.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. I, I just seem like a good Friday night like have some drinks, watch some bo- amateur boxing and like eat a meal, kind of deep meal, but you know, we can we can pivot. We can talk about it.
1: Those things are always like you turn on you turn it on and you're like there's no chance this this can be better than the last one.
0: They always are.
1: And then they just
0: My favorite Rough and Rowdy though. You get the
1: national anthem.
0: It was the one in Lexington. With the milkman and the ref that, like, kept getting mad at everyone. It was it was in the Lexington Legends ballpark. It was outside. It was really fun. I think
1: the one in, like, March or April last year was there. The was last hilarious. two
0: rough and rowdies have been absolute heaters. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they follow it up, but I'm all in.
1: Yeah, they do a great job.
0: So, uh, tonight, we're eating pizza and watching boxing and gambling on the fights and drinking. Yeah, just gonna keep adding one more thing each time. <laughs> Sounds good. Alright, we'll catching a break. We'll dive into some ball hoops on the other side. Big weekend coming up.
1: The second floor is for up. And this is
2: where I went to school. Most
0: Back I here have on the Blitz on this time. Friday. Matthew, over on the phone lines, we're gonna take a trip over to the big orange Philly phone lines and hear from Matthew on this Friday. What's up, Matthew? You're on with myself and Sam. How you hey, doing? Yeah, it's
2: happy Friday! <laughs> <coughs> Lost my voice there. Happy Friday, boys. I, uh, I'm a little jealous, Charlie. Pizza, pizza, and drinking sounds pretty fun.
0: You uh, feel free. You know, to feel free to pull up if you can get here in time. Through all the wind yeah. and weather and 13-hour drive, we got we got pizza fights and drinking happening.
2: <laughs> I was thinking about that last night <laughs> when we had that storm come through. I was like, oh, crap, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any thing to cook tonight. There's a, uh, a pizza shop that's probably less than two miles. And I was like, all right, I've got 30 minutes before the storm hits. I'll make it. Let's just say, boys, I underestimated that, uh, that 30 minutes. I was in the thick of it at one point. <laughs> I literally had the pizza as a shield from the rain that was blowing west to east, truly hitting me with hail size. Like hail was actually coming down. I, I got in the car and I was like, "Well, at least I've got
1: pizza." That doesn't sound that's too honestly, bad. That's honestly,
0: yeah. I mean, if you're dealing with hail, at least you got pizza. Uh, that's that's actually probably just a pretty good little slogan for a pizza company. You should probably you should try to sell that. Hey, at least you got pizza
2: at least you got pizza um are you guys ham on pineapple guys or what
0: i uh i mean that's not my go-to my go-to pizza is always going to be uh sausage and pepperoni but i do like ham and pineapple on a pizza i think it's good i i'm always down to mix it up every once in a while and you know, sometimes you get a little white chicken pizza, like chicken bacon ranch. Sometimes you get a little pineapple and, and ham. You know, sometimes you try a specialty pie. Yeah, I'm all for pineapple and ham on pizza.
1: Sam, do you have a preferred? I like tea? pineapple. I don't. I don't go out of my way to get pineapple on there, but I'm not gonna not gonna deny it. I think we all uh,
2: <clears throat> I like ham on pizza in general. It was funny in college. Uh, Sam, you didn't know this, but I actually was one of the OG original uh, Stefano Delivery Boys. Wow. Rest in peace. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, did, have, they, have they officially closed it up yet? I this knew they is, were doing
0: it. The building is no longer there, sadly. Uh, they have guys, I need y'all. In like Cardin Valley, I think, or something like that. But the OG on the strip is gone. Torn down. So
2: I got like a $400 allowance every was it every semester, or every quarter, I can't remember. It was, it was something in my national guard stipend, but essentially, like I'd use that to go to like uptown or like Cool Beans, not not for actual books, you know. So what I would do is to live and feed myself. We would do if you come to Stefano's during the lunch hour, they do the buffet, where I think it's like twelve dollars. And at the end of the shift, they'd be like, "All right, we're going to throw this out. Take whatever you want, Matt." And I would literally would load up my car with like eight boxes of pizza.
0: (laughs) I mean, so you had book money to pay for drinks and you had a job to pay for books and you had the job to also gave you all the food you needed for a week every single week.
2: So you just had the hookup. I mean, I essentially was a modern supply chain like (laughs) engineer. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm excited for this weekend, guys. I think... Honestly, I think South—I mean, South Carolina. Auburn losing was probably beneficial to Tennessee because now they're soulless. They lost a game they should have won, and I mean, they can't shoot the ball well. How are you feeling going into this game, Charlie?
0: So actually, that's a a pretty interesting point. I wrote that down this morning when I was just—I was—I was was thinking about what all we were going to get into today. I think there's two pretty big principles uh, in college basketball, specifically in March. The first being that. A desperate team at home is a deadly team. Auburn, that's a desperate team. They are falling further and further and uh, in, in getting closer and closer to that bubble. I, I mean, they, they had a lot of wins early in the season. They had that ranking next to their name, but they really weren't building that resume. You know, even halfway through conference play, their best wins were still still like Northwestern in a 43-42 to 42 game. So Auburn right now, they're looking at a 9 or a 10 seed. And if they lose another, they're going to be uncomfortable in the SEC tournament. Um, so I think they're a really desperate team. And, again, a desperate team at home, they're deadly. That's one of the my, my college basketball principles. But the other is that a team that comes up just short of an emotional upset falls flat the next game. So <laughs> both of those kind of fit Auburn, right? They're a desperate team at home, yeah. but also – when you allow Alabama to go on, what was it like a seventeen to three run to force overtime to pull, you know, to to stave off the upset at home? You're upset about the officiating. You're upset about everything that kind of transpired. You know, I I think it's going to be difficult for Auburn to get back up this Saturday. Um, so I'm kind of in between those those two right now.
2: I think you just kind of summarized everything I was going to add to that. I mean, they are. <clears throat> You saw what happened to South Carolina when they played Alabama. They were just emotionally just drained, and we ran them out of the gym. So what's interesting about Auburn is uh, when Stripes had said a couple times, Bruce Pearl hasn't adapted to the game, I was like, I kind of was, like, stuck in my head, like, what does that mean? And then I watched the Alabama game, and as they were choking, essentially, they stopped going to what was working, and, like, they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the SEC, but they kept shooting, and I kept saying to myself, why aren't they going inside? Why don't they go to the line? At least put the game in the hands of, of the Stripes. Like Let them maybe get a a, a a foul of a call. I remember the game was like tied up before OT, and they had a chance to win the game. And they pulled like a mid-range pullback floater that just awful shot. And I'm thinking, I guess this is what Stripes is talking about. They just they they will not adapt to what could essentially win the game for him. So, I, I don't know, guys. I expect Tennessee to – it is on the road, and as we've seen in the conference, it's extremely hard to win the road. But I think we get it done tomorrow. I really do. I think if, if you know, if Tennessee just plays as, as average, like an average offense, like even if we don't score 75, which we've been prone to do, I think if you at least get 56, 60 – you win the game tomorrow. I really do. That's just my two cents. The last thing I'll say, Charlie, um, are you, you're a bourbon guy, right?
0: Oh yeah, big time.
2: All right, we're gonna start. I'm gonna start sending you olive oil, and you're gonna we're, we're gonna do like a little olive oil exchange. Um, more on that, but essentially the the one you want to try the best, little Weller's, little Weller Special Reserve. All right, buddy, take care.
0: Always good to hear from you, Matthew. Yeah, I'm, I'm always down for a good olive oil exchange you mentioned Bruce Pearl and, and, and the coaching and that's actually I mean that's a good point I, I was thinking about this a little bit earlier this week you know I, I guess Bruce Pearl has been doing it long enough and has been successful long enough that I don't really spend as much time thinking critically about the coaching job that he's doing but started to think critically about this Auburn basketball team about Bruce Pearl's role this has been the least impressive year that I've seen from Bruce Pearl in a long time. From a a roster, uh, just you know, a roster management perspective, from from the way that he built the roster, I I don't think he did a very good job. Like I don't think it makes a lot of sense with each other. They the players make a lot of sense together. I mean, I love Janai Broom. Don't get me wrong, there. Like Broom was a great pickup. He was one of my favorite players in all of the transfer portal. And you know, you mentioned. Auburn failing to go inside as as Alabama started to come back. To be fair to Auburn in that game, Jani Broom fouled out with about 7 minutes left and that's what Rick that's what I mean, Rick Barnes. That's what Bruce Pearl was so upset about after the game. But that goes back to his roster building. You know, outside of Jani Broom, there isn't really a post scoring threat for Auburn. Like they have, yeah, sure they have some depth, some size, but like if you're not dumping it into Jani- to Janiah Broom and letting him score, there's not really shot creators down there. This is just not that talented of an Auburn basketball team, honestly. And, yeah, I mean, he hasn't really adapted to his personnel as much. You know, he, he's – Nate Oates is, was the original, like – or was the, uh, the, the, the guy that really popularized the rim and three offense and, and modern analytics and, and ditching the mid-range two the deep twos. But Bruce Pearl, long before Nate Oates got to Alabama, I mean, he was running those those crazy fast paced offenses where I mean, heck, you'd turn you'd have guys when it was Jared Harper and company, they'd turn down a, a fast break layup to kick out for a fast break three. Like they love to just play fast, launch some threes and and and, and try to get that offense rolling. This team's not built to do that. And I don't really think There's been a progression of the offense, you know, to counter or to build off of that or to find other areas to grow into. Like, I I just think that that Bruce Pearl, yeah, he's kind of, in a way, sort of failed this year. Obviously, there's still time to bring it together. Obviously, it's really hard to win on the road in college basketball. Obviously, you know, especially when you're playing a a team that's fighting for their tournament lives, to a certain extent, it, it makes it even tougher and obviously, Tennessee has had a very hard time going down to the plains and in winning basketball games. But I, I tend to agree with, with what Matthew was saying. I, I do think I like the way this sets up for Tennessee. At least from a matchup perspective. You, you good, Sam? I just
1: yeah, I heard something out there, and I was confused.
0: I did too. I saw Russell. Russell walked in the door. Okay. I don't know if he just like played something on the computer, <laughs> or if someone outside just like screamed something aggressively. But I also heard that.
1: Huh. Yeah. Carry on. That just. Uh, I was like, oh, what was that? I
0: I I had wrapped up my thoughts. I was looking at you.
1: Um. No. I I I definitely agree with what Matthew was saying in there too. Um. But yeah. You know, when you have a desperate team, like you're saying, it's it's almost one of those games that you're definitely favored on paper, and you 100% think you can win on paper, but you know, with that, with them just having their backs against the wall, that is, that is definitely a factor that's, that's hard to kind of put your finger on, you know, you can't really exactly measure what that is going to, what that's going to look like until you step into that environment, Uh, But, you know, this team, I feel like this Tennessee team also kind of has their back against the wall a little bit in their first full game without Ziegler, I guess. I mean, pretty much last game was a full game without him as well. But first full game knowing that you're not going to have him there. I think that, you know, while while you can say that Auburn has their back against the wall, I think this Tennessee team does as well because they've got to prove that they can play well without Ziegler and that they can produce – uh, without, that, you know, without that very valuable role that he has provided for us uh, down the stretch here, just playing, playing some great minutes at point guard. So I think it's, I think it's kind of a – you can kind of put it both ways, I guess, saying that Tennessee also has their back against the wall. So I, while I'm cautious about this weekend, I'm still very optimistic, and I think that, I think that you can get in there and, and beat a team that you know that you can beat.
0: Whatever happens, please just don't look like the first meeting. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, please. <laughs> please don't please.
0: make us suffer through that again. Please score more I mean, than 50 it, if points. if it means somewhere. a win, I'll take the win, obviously. But if I, I would prefer something a little bit different than 46-43 this time. Um, biggest concern in this game is, is Tennessee, you know, now, probably going with that bigger, more physical lineup, road officiating sometimes can be difficult, yeah, uh, I worry now with Tennessee's depth shrinking uh a little bit about Tennessee getting to some foul trouble, and that's something they're going to have to work on here and and have to figure out a little bit going into tournament play when you're going to have a bigger lineup that's going to be physical, How do you continue to play your style of basketball um and limit the fouls? That's going to be big tomorrow night, you know tomorrow afternoon. They let both of these teams be really physical. Um, back in in Thompson Bowling in that first matchup, you know Auburn had 18 fouls uh, combined. You know, or I mean, not combined, but just in both halves throughout the game. Tennessee had 14. Given the physicality in that game, that's pretty low. Um, gonna have to stay out of foul trouble, though. I, I will be pretty interested just to see how that plays out. Um, would be really nice too to just go into March with a, a good true road win. You know Tennessee, yeah they they have road wins this year. Um, you have neutral site wins too, USC and Kansas and Butler and Maryland that are nice. But in terms of your your actual true road wins, Mississippi State, South Carolina. LSU, and uh, that's it. Just four and five on the road this year. Be really nice. I, I, again, you know, it's not like you're going to have to go play in road environments in the tournament, but you're not at home either. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's more of just a personal preference thing at this point. I, yeah. I would just testing yourself
1: in that environment. Just
0: yeah, to 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 show the mental toughness, the fortitude to go in there. And and get a tough road win because that is going to be a tough road win. You know that's that's a building that's always rocking. It's it's really small space. So and regardless of of fan enthusiasm, it's small enough that there's going to be enough people there to still fill it up all the way and still be really loud and and make it hard for Tennessee. But I really don't want to go to the NCAA tournament with a four and six road record. Big for the standings too, obviously. You know, you can end up anywhere between 3 and 6. Just a plethora of, of scenarios this weekend in terms of where you could end up with your, your SEC seating. Let me see if I can pull back up where I had it earlier. Right now, Tennessee, uh, the most likely outcome... Based on on Kim Pomeroy's projections would be a Tennessee win over Auburn, a Missouri win over Mississippi State, a Vanderbilt win and a Kentucky loss, which would put Kentucky at the five, Missouri at the four, Tennessee at the three, and Vanderbilt at the six, Auburn at the seven. In all but two scenarios, Auburn finishes at the, as the seven, and all but one in, two, in all but one scenario, Vanderbilt finishes as the five or six. Uh, but Tennessee, Really, a lot of variance. Um, in the four most likely scenarios, Tennessee finishes as a three seed, a three seed, a six seed, and a five seed.
1: Just don't give me a six seed, please. Six seed sounds bad.
0: It's just optics wise. Yeah, yeah it, just it just looks sounds bad. It just <laughs> feels bad. You know, for a team that could potentially still climb back up to a two-seed in the NCAA tournament, to finish sixth in the SEC would hurt, would sting. Yeah. Which, granted, if you lose to Auburn, you're probably not climbing back up to a two-seed unless you win the SEC tournament. But even last year, we saw that that doesn't do much for you. So, um, got to beat Auburn. Got to beat Auburn to, A, to, again, just get that road win. To, B, get a double-buy in the SEC tournament and, and, and C to stay in that chase for the for the for the 2 seed for the 2 overall seed. 1047 uh Big Orange Philly phone lines they remain open 865-546-8200 is your number to call in if you want to join us on the blitz. Again 865-546-8200. Catch one more break we'll wrap up hour 1 on the other side. So you're watching the game and you see another ad for FanDuel Sportsbook. And you think to yourself, is that legal here in Tennessee? You bet it is. You can. Oh,
1: I was soft inside. There was something going wrong. You do something to me that I can't explain. Hold me closer and I feel no pain.
0: Sorry, I was just a the song.
1: Going
0: I am too. That was, uh, that's always, it's always my biggest problem is I just, I get so wrapped into the bumper music sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know, music is just, well, it's music, everyone loves music, it's great for a reason. Tennessee, as we mentioned, trying to, well, to stay in the, the race for, uh. One of the two seed, you know, first or second seeds in the NCAA tournament. I'd say it's a pretty decent difference, you know, a fifteen seed. I think significantly different than playing a fourteen seed.
1: Yeah, I mean numbers easily. back that up. Which,
0: mm-hmm. when when you look at the amount of, of fourteen over three upsets compared to the amount of fifteen over two upsets, I know that we've seen more fifteen over over two lately. Um, Historically But But historically Yeah Uh, A 14 A good decent bit better Than a 15 seed Um, At the same time Getting into the second round And playing a 7 or a 10 Sounds a whole lot better than playing a 6 seed Even though again it's just one One line of separation It just feels different Like those 6 seeds Pesky Pesky Like your projected 6 seeds right now Uh, Creighton, Iowa State, Northwestern, and Kentucky. Your sevens like Maryland, Duke, Michigan State, and A&M. Okay. Just going to be completely honest here. Reading off in this specific tournament who those sixes are and who those sevens are, I think I maybe even – I don't know. I would prefer (laughs) – I don't. wouldn't really love a Creighton or Iowa State matchup. I'd be cool with Northwestern. And Kentucky, obviously, not an option. Maryland, not an option either, I don't think. Uh, I'd be all right with Duke and Michigan State, and I wouldn't want to play Texas A&M, but you can anyway. So actually, I don't know, seven. Seven or a ten still sounds nice to me. Tens are like Pitt, NC State, USC, Auburn. Right now, though, Tennessee, if you refer to bracket matrix, which takes the average seed line from all the – graded out and and valued brackets all just out there it takes all their projections and then it gives you their average seed and it ranks them in that order your one seed's alabama houston kansas purdue your two seeds ucla baylor texas and arizona uh the three seeds on here are kansas state marquette tennessee and gonzaga joe lenardi has arizona and kansas state flip-flopped um kansas state this weekend they play at west virginia So, if they drop that game, they'll drop behind you, I think, in the seed line. And Arizona, they play UCLA. So, you know, they're either going to move up and and, and hold on to a two or potentially even a one or pretty much stay where they're at if they beat UCLA. But, you know, really, I think you just have to jump like two teams. That's it. Some combination of, again, like Marquette, Kansas State maybe one of those Pac-12 teams are, like, maybe Texas or Baylor. I don't think you're going to jump, like, Texas or, or Baylor at this point. But, you know, if one of those Pac-12 teams loses Saturday night, whoever does, UCLA, Arizona, if it's Arizona and then they bounce out, get bounced early in the Pac-12 tournament, you know, maybe you see a flip-flop between Tennessee and Arizona. Um Kansas State and Marquette, though, they, they both feel like teams that you can, you can pass back over. Could be interesting. Could be a situation where Texas jumps up to a one seed. They have Kansas this weekend. If they beat Kansas, uh, Joe Lenardi says that they would be a one seed. You could have a situation where Alabama, Houston, Texas, and, and Kansas are your one seeds, and Tennessee would be 3-0 against the 4-1 seeds, that mm-hmm. would be really interesting.
1: Yeah, that would be crazy.
0: I don't really think it would mean much in terms of, like, trying to project wins or losses. I don't think it would have any great, greater meaning. Just be pretty cool, honestly. Uh, but to get that one seed, you're going to have to beat Auburn on the road. Uh, I think you have to win your first game in the SEC tournament, obviously. If, if you beat Auburn, probably the four, maybe the three. If you're the four, you probably get Missouri as the five. Uh, If you're the four, you know, beat Missouri as the five, and then you get into a semifinal game with Alabama, I don't think you can get punished that much for losing a game against Alabama. But if you can beat Alabama neutral floor, after you lost to Kai Ziegler, so you can prove that you can still compete with these top teams Mm -hmm. without him, if you get that semifinal matchup, That would be enough in my eyes to to, to guarantee you a spot on the two line. If you win three straight, I would think that would. In that three, Auburn, Missouri, Alabama, all three away from TBA. Yeah, I think that, that gets you in front of Marquette and Kansas State in my eyes. That gets you up to the two line. That's why, out of all the scenarios, I want Tennessee to be the four seed. I don't want Tennessee to be the three. You know, I, yeah, sure. It, it. I don't like when Kentucky finishes above you. I mean, no one does, but, you know, they beat you twice. Take your medicine. It is what it is. Like, you have you have nothing to say to Kentucky. So, does it really matter if you finish third and they finish fourth? No, they still beat you twice in terms of the, the bragging rights perspective. So, when it comes to, you know, March impact, I would rather be that four. I would rather get a, a semifinal matchup with Alabama where there is nothing to lose but everything to gain. So... For that to happen, Tennessee needs to beat Auburn, and Kentucky has to beat Arkansas. So, you know what? Go ahead, Kentucky. C A I'm not going to finish the rest. I'm not deranged or anything, but go beat Arkansas. I want to be that four seed. I want to date with Alabama because, again, you beat Alabama, you get the two seed in the NCAA tournament. At least you should. Um, Also, you know, you get a chance to win the SEC for back-to-back years. That would be pretty damn sweet too, but – if you lose to Alabama in that semifinal round again, you're not going to get punished. There's no shame in losing to the number one overall seed on a neutral floor. Um, so that's kind of where you're at, I think, with chasing that two seed, chasing your SEC tournament seeding. But hour one's done. Hour two, it's on deck. Stay with us here on The Blitz.